Another Sunday means it's time to sit down, talk a bit of crap about our AFL fantasy teams, and we now need to talk about Russell Westbrook playing for a different team as well. How are you on Sunday the 14th of July, Jacob? I'm swell, mate. I'm just hanging in there. Yeah. You know? It was a pretty testing time over the weekend for a lot of fantasy coaches who owned Steve Cornelio, and for the even smaller portion that captained him, I do feel sorry. I was always under the belief that if a player scored zero, I don't know why, I still thought that their vice-captain's score was doubled, but if they play, whatever they get, they get. And unfortunately, you one of the men uh, in that boat this evening. Yeah, it's not a good boat. Yeah, let's not, talk, let's not go on and talk about it. It sucks. Uh, my captain choice wasn't much better. I went with our patented uh, Rolls-Royce tactic of <laughs> captaining a bloke who I trade in, and uh, that bloke was Luke Shuey this week. It's the first time in a long time that I've actually stuck with my trades that I was going to do on Monday and followed through. So I got them for the long haul. I think they'll be fine. I got Bunga Hearn as well, so a couple of eagles in the side. But, yeah, it wasn't a great uh, start to the weekend for both of us. No, and the game, that game was even worse, unfortunately. I know, so, and then uh, Frio looked just miserable against the Hawks. They are a dysfunctional footy team, the Frio Dockers, but they're my dysfunctional uh, footy team. I'll start with uh, my fantasy score for the week, though. I managed to get 2250. So, not too bad. I was sitting on 17.50 at the start of the day with five blokes left. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, all right, I need them all to average out 100. And that included Sydney Stack, but it worked. Managed to get there. Uh, I moved back like 300 spots in rank. So, I'm now right on the edge of 17,000th. So, this season just continues to uh, spiral downwards. How did uh, the Quisplorkin boys go? At least... Glass half full, you still have Josh Dunkley in your team. It's something that I uh, cannot climb. Well, you know, the, the most annoying part about that is that I had the vice captain on Josh Dunkley. Yeah. So, like, if Cornelia had a pulled out in the warm ups, yeah. I would have had, you know, an absolute whale on my hands. Um, I had 2165. That's okay. actually gone up. Um, my rank stayed about the same, which is 8,000th. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. I don't know. There's not much to say other than missed out on Cornelio and my captain score. So. It was a pretty that does yeah. It was a pretty like standard week of footy, I guess you could say. Like most of the big names scored reasonably well. There weren't too many like enormous scores, with the exception, obviously, of what uh, Josh Dunkley did. I think I said it a couple of weeks ago with um, Josh Kelly. I think I'm in the square in the boat that I'm just like, oh, I can't get Dunkley. I said it about Josh Kelly. I've now said it about. He's 8.56 He's the most expensive the player in the game He is unbelievable He's on just a stupid amount of form So yeah, it is what it is though You know, Like I said, my season's a bit down the toilet uh, What are your early trade plans leading into round 18? There's only six weeks left of the fantasy season So it's, uh, it's creeping up on us Yeah, look, it looks like Cogs has to go um, So I'm going to probably look to trade in Crips Um... I really am very tempted to have a have a play at Toby Green, um, or uh, perhaps even have a flyer on um, Jacob Hopper. Um, just with Cornelio and Kelly out, yeah. You know, if you like, Whitfield is must have at the moment, um, and if Toby Green gets thrust into that midfield because they're down to Boar as well and Ward, they're so thin there. And Toby Green was obviously all through the midfield this game. Yeah, had that one forty. Four on, yeah. I think um, he finished on something north of one forty. So. Yeah, very tempted to to get him in, but I can't quite figure out how that would work. So instead, I'm thinking I'll just go Blakely. Okay, because he, I feel like he's probably back hit his form again. The score that um, he had against uh, you boys in the derby, Blakely, that is. I'm like, ah, oh, 
you take that, you know, off the ledger almost. Yeah. Like that was a pantsing. So yeah. a lot of people were worried. They're like, oh, is he going to be the same? But I think with the exception of that, he's got a 90 on both sides of it. So Yeah, I, I think he's... he's He's outscored what his break-even will be this week. Yeah. Um, so I feel like he's probably right at the bottom, which is, I think he's like five four five forty. Cool. So he's he costs next to nothing. Um, so I think I'll take a flyer on Blakely, but um, would love to get big Toby Green in there somehow. Yeah, it would, I'm having a little bit of a squeeze through my team because I've still got a few rookies floating around on my deck, so I'm like, oh, do I want to prioritise chopping a couple of them out? Like, I can go... Nick Hind or Bewley out and then if I do that then that means I can swing stack into my mids and get Grant Birchall yeah. who looked alright but yeah. I'm like oh is that like similar to the Hannaby scenario if he goes de- if Birchall pulls up because let's yeah. be honest coming off what like two years without playing AFL days. Yeah. chances are he's, he only played like 60% of the game on the weekend chances are he's not going to play all of them for the rest of the season mm-hmm. so yeah there's a bit of risk involved there or I can just do something like oh, maybe I could get Dudley actually if I do want to trade out someone in my midfield or Zeebel. Yeah, maybe. it's getting to that point of the season, you know. Um, if you think Dudley's going to keep going one fifties, which he might, and he might get a brown though. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we said, you said it last week. I'm going to keep riding that train until it uh, putters out. So yeah, I think uh, so you get to the point where you might as well make a big swing, especially with your season where it's at yeah well that's I'm pretty much there as well so that's part of the reason that I took a punt a bit stupidly on Shuey um, as my captain but like trading him in I was like oh low we know he goes well against the um, pies yeah and like he that was a wicked game yeah but he um, yeah probably like underperformed a bit but you know it is what it is like he's still gonna probably average 100 from here on out even if you take that score into account their run I was just having a look through the AFL site I think that their run home is a bit tricky heading into the end of the season, but there's games like against Hawthorne and Carlton and like midfields that I'm not too scared of. So I think Shuey will still have a couple of big games. Yeah, 100%. Speaking of uh, guys who are going up against good teams, mm. Cripps is that bloke this week. Well, he's someone... Go on, sorry. Well, because he's got Gold Coast. Yeah. It's just, you feel like Gold Coast is just in a bad place at the moment. Carlton looked pretty reasonable this week. They did. Um, yeah, they, they beat the Swans. They yeah. ended up... Uh, I think they've won three of their last five, actually. Yeah, they looked like very, very reasonable. Cripps, uh, he was getting tagged by... Is it Hewlett? Hewlett? Yeah, Hewlett. Yeah, he's yeah. quite a good tagger, I think, as well. So, yeah, he's um, noteworthy. Yeah, I, I like, I've seen him shut quite a few blokes down. So it's not bad. He got off the chain a bit. And, and their midfield just looks more up. Mm. Um, with Mark Murphy and those guys sort of flying around. Sam Walsh has really benefited from having Murphy and Cripps back as well. He had a hundred again on the weekend. Yeah. Like, yeah, I do do like the looks of some of those Carlton boys. Uh, um, it's getting like you said to that stage where I'm almost starting to shuffle some premiums. So, like dudes like Brody Smith, I'm like, oh, he's not right. Yeah, Smith, mate. yeah, mate. Yeah, it's yeah. been a long, long year at the yeah. for Bryce and Coke. Uh, but yeah, I can. I think Hugh, Hugh Goddard was one of the rookies who made his debut on the weekend. Ended up, I don't know if he got concussed. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah, I obviously didn't watch the game, but I saw that he missed the rest of the contest. But surely, he, if he's all right, will play again next week. So there's a good downgrade target. So that could be a quick way to just generate a quick 100 grand, yeah. 150K, and they can use that. But yeah, not having Josh Dunkley and like maybe doing something not stupid, but like a bit of an educated move, hey, like just chopping some Zeeble fun. out. Have some fun. Yeah. You know, swing for the fences because uh, it's that point of the year. 
you know, it could give you a big jump randomly. And, you never uh, know. I need something like that to happen if I'm going to uh, vault into a, a relevant rank. But yeah, I've kind of given up a bit of hope of that happening. There are some uh, rookies that I've got floating on my bench who now have an extra position. The last batch of dual position players got announced oh, yeah, that. Uh, just a couple of hours ago. Only bloke he did, yes. So we'll go through the relevant ones. Adding forward status was Nick Hind, Oscar Baker and Brett Bewley. So one or maybe two of those blokes are probably still floating around on some coaches. Hopefully not in your field like myself. <laughs> floating around on their bench. So that could be uh, a bit of a handy string in your bow just to chop and change a couple of people mid-forward-wise. I've got uh, Jared Cameron in my forward line bench, who's a mid-forward as well, so that'll give me a bit of uh, versatility there. Not much else to report, though, really. Mubby or Chol got ruck status, which is kind of expected. Liam Stocker, the Carlton youngster, who actually I don't think he's been playing, got defence as well, so nothing too huge. Uh, so that means we've got six weeks left of trades. What's the most pressing issue, do you think, for yourself, apart from, obviously, Steve Cornelio? But after you do that Cornelio move, where's your thinking for the last uh, stretch of the season going? Uh, it's going to be probably floating around a bit of cash generation off the bench because I have no bench players playing. Yeah, okay. Totally across my field. Um, so just getting some emergencies in who are going to earn me some money. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just probably get rid of Lipinski um, and I guess Hanabry at some oh, point yeah, as well. So turn them into either money, which I'm kind of at that point now I think like they're both playing on my field but uh, I can probably almost chop them out yep. um, so the next couple of weeks get rid of them turn, turn them into the you know the few elite guys I don't have and then should have a full full team yeah your team's looking pretty pretty solid I obviously have a bit of work to do but I do have a couple of blokes still playing on my bench like I had that Noah Answorth bloke uh, from Brisbane who will probably go to Goddard this week like Cameron, Hind, hope Bewley had an alright game in the two, so he might come back. Um, Will Snelling is another one who I think is a real chance to get some games in the back end of the year. 207k mid. Uh, only had a 80 in the VFL on the weekend, but has been putting up some stupid numbers with the exception of that. So I do like the uh, chances of cashing those blokes in and being able to finish with a complete team, in inverted commas, but it's, uh, it's taken me a long time to get there, that's for sure. Yeah, a lot longer than it should have. I know, but... There's things that I can point out that I'm like, oh, that didn't break right. Like, I should have absolutely jumped back on Dunkley when he uh, went back into the midfield. I can't remember exactly the right. trade, but I oh. ended up doing something like grabbing another midfielder instead and should have just pounced on him, but it is what it is. Covered all the AFL fantasy prospects, so let's discuss Russell Westbrook going to Houston. Mm. That happened a couple of days ago now. I think that'll probably be like the end of the relevant player movement like I don't there's no other real big blockbuster or something like that brewing unless maybe OKC flicks Chris Paul now but I think the dust has settled and we've now got some pretty dynamic duos littering the teams across the league Mm. so what do you firstly think of the trade from like a Houston perspective you give it the green light yep yeah totally great great move they're in win now mode um, because you know Westbrook and Harden are getting to nearly 30s like yeah um, so yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. It get, makes them a little bit younger, which is kind of good. Um, they don't need those draft picks. They gave um, draft picks are pretty far into the future, but Houston doesn't really seem like a draft kind of team. No, you're right. They seem like they're going to sign and um, sign and also free agent their way to a championship, more or less. Because yep. it's a good, it's a decent sized market. 
um, plenty of like celebrities who go for the rockets yeah, that's and stuff true. like that. So yeah, makes a lot of sense. For years and years, they've been linked to like all the relevant stars. Like you yep. think back when Paul George was rumored to be shot, he was like there. Even like back when Chris Bosh was like coming back, like after LeBron left Miami, mm. I remember there was rumors that Bosh was going to go. Yeah, there. he almost did. I thought. I swear that there's like some other stars I'm forgetting, but um, yeah, Houston always seems like a big player that's happy to swing for the fences, give up a couple of picks, and do yeah. that. So yeah. obviously that's how they got James Harden. So I don't remember the last good Rockets draft pick. Can you? It was Capella maybe? Really? Right? Yeah, I, actually, I think they drafted Capella, so that counts. But yeah, they do seem to not be afraid to splash and grab a couple of pieces. So, uh, similar boat, I love the move. I think getting off Chris Paul's contract for Westbrook's contract is almost like a net-net, like you're not losing anything there. And like you said, Westbrook is a little bit younger. Their ceiling's probably a little bit higher with Westbrook. And there's a lot of people who are like, oh, don't know if they're going to work too, like ball dominant dudes playing together. But we need, you need two stars in today's NBA. Like for ages, it was the big three. But if you've got like two dudes, now that the league's kind of changed a bit, two dudes that can win you a basketball game and essentially a series, which they do have two of them on their roster now, puts you in pretty good stead, even in the competitive West. Yeah, and Russell's a great defender as well. Um, yeah. Because he can guard slightly bigger guys than Chris Paul, which you felt like probably affected them a little bit. Chris Paul's a great defender, but he's small. Yeah. Um, so he, he's only, he's limited. And I guess Russell has a little, a few less limitations, so... You know, it's going to be awesome to watch him starting the break. Like, you'll let Harden leak out a bit more because you're like, well, Russell gets the rebound and initiates the offense. Yeah. And like we always say, it's like, it's not about, you know, who's the point guard because that's just the position. They're going to bring it up 50% of the time each. Yeah. Um, and they're probably just going to, like, shoot Ice it attack yeah. seven seconds each. Like, they're probably going to both have, like, crazy... They'll probably both average a triple-double, I reckon. Something stupid like that. Not out of the question, that's for sure. Westbrook's done it... Did he do it last year? Yeah. Yeah, so he's done it, what, three, three straight, straight seasons? Yeah, that's absurd. I wrote a little uh, homage to Russ and his OKC tenure just before, but, yeah, that's ridiculous to think, the fact that, like, the numbers he's putting up. Mm. Triple-double does kind of, like, sometimes get a little bit overrated, but... Oh. 80% of the time you see someone post a triple-double, their team wins the game. Yeah. So it's a pretty good sign of uh, statistical dominance. Well, flipping over to OKC side, they, now, they now have, I think it's like eight extra draft picks, not including pick swaps, um, first-rounders, in the next five or six years. So they've got just an NBA GM's wet dream of assets. Yeah. What do you reckon they should do with Chris Paul? Do you want to see him maybe hang around for a season? Because he played in OKC... Firstly, when um, Katrina hit. So, you know, they do like, maybe you can mentor some of the younger kids, something like that. Or do you reckon they're best just flipping, even if they get, say, 75 cents on the dollar, they don't get like full returns for his talent, considering all the other assets they've got, doesn't really matter. So do you reckon they should just try and flip him? They can probably just grab a couple more draft picks for him, honestly. Um, I'm sure, like, I'm sure New York would probably change Yeah, I was trying to think of like a list of teams that could grab him. Miami Heat jumped to mind only because they seem to have a lot of those similar contracts that you just want to kind of flick off the mm-hmm. books. Charlotte Hornets are in the same boat contract-wise, but I can't really see that working. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's not. I don't think there's a logical fit for Chris Paul one that I'm like, oh, that's where he should go. So that kind of makes me think, oh, maybe they won't be able to get rid of him as easily as they think and they'll be forced to play him, but who knows. I'm sure there's a team somewhere with a bit of money, like, you know, like we talked about with 
Westbrook and the Wolves or someone, you know, like someone like that who they that might just make them a good team. Chris yep. Paul's an interesting guy, you know, like and a good well, it's you don't know if he's good for a locker room or not. You can't quite I don't feel like you can tell with Chris Paul because yep. he kind of has that like, you know, whinging streak and gets the whole team complaining to the refs. Yeah, but yeah. Um, you feel like he might just add something to <laughs> Andrew Wiggins that nobody has. It's I not impossible. Know. Yeah, so the, it could be someone like that. That's who I feel like will make the move. Like Detroit, maybe? Mm-hmm. That makes them a pretty weird team. Well, they were... I don't know Blake and Chris Paul get along. A lot of the teams we've mentioned were ones that we also said should, like, maybe or could maybe consider Westbrook. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, even though Chris Paul's losing it a bit, like, he's, what, in his early 30s now? 34. Yeah, 32, something like that. So he's still got like some meaningful basketball ahead of him. He can help turn, or not turn a team around, but like change some of their foot, turn them from a rebuilding team into a relevant playoff contender and then build from there. He's such a good passer as well. He's still such a good point guard. Yeah. um, That he would, he would, you know, bring any team he goes to up. Like he's going to bring the Thunder up, but I think the Thunder just want to bottom out. Yeah, in a a major way. Yeah. Um, someone might just have to give him cash, which I'm sure there's a couple of... T- actually, teams might be a bit strapped at the moment. Yeah, I don't really understand the buyout legality as well, because he's owed, I think, over $105 million in the next three seasons. So if, for some somehow, they work through it and they're able to buy him out, there's a team that could just pounce on him for the cheap, like the Lakers, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be interesting to see him there. I wouldn't mind seeing That him. would answer a big question for the Lakers, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. There's their like you know quote unquote third star that teams used to cover and chase, and that that having someone like that yeah. helps you just get through the regular season as well. You know LeBron can play seventy five games, Anthony Davis can you know if you're feeling off on a night have nights off because yeah. you've still got like another star to help you nurse that load. Yeah, um, we talked a bit about teams that we think will contend for the chip. It's such a you know higgledy piggledy picture right now. You can't really tell, but. Let's have a quick squeeze through the divisions and see if we can pick who the best team in each division is sure. um, before we wrap it up and maybe a bit of MVP talk. So starting in the East, in the Atlantic division, I think you've got to side with the 76ers. Brooklyn, probably not. Boston could maybe make a case. And Toronto or the Knicks probably won't play the playoffs. Raptors no. still might be a playoff You never team. know with the Raps. I guess they could swing a nice trade. Do they have good money do. now? Um, hmm. I know they signed Rondé Hollis Jefferson uh, to replace Kawhi, but I still think they're a little bit strapped for cash. So Jeez, okay. I'll try and get the numbers up. But do you reckon yeah. Boston could do anything to ups- unseed the Sixers at the top? Probably not. I think that's Philly, Philly's division pretty easily. Yeah, it feels like that's the division that got the most, like, lost the most yeah, mm-hmm. this off season. So yep. I feel like probably probably Philly easily walks away with that one. How steep do you think Boston's fall-off will be? If they do, they won well, 50, basically 50 games last year and were not, they didn't win the first. Oh, they did, they beat Indiana. So a second-round loss, 50 wins. Do you reckon that's pretty much what they'll replicate? Did they replace So they got Kemba. Um, they did get Ennis Cantor. And I feel like there's another small piece or two that they've got, but... Yeah, they're essentially re- now not rebuilding, but they just restructured their team. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, already. maybe maybe about the same, but uh, they, I think they could maybe go a little further. Um, help the Horford loss hurts, but yeah, um, Brown and Tatum are going to be a year older, so you just that, that's like a, a big factor. Yeah, um, they, they do have uh, Taco Fall. 
apparently. Oh, yeah. signed him yeah. team. But yeah, the other dudes... Well, they signed him after the summer league. Well, they... I don't know. <laughs> the contract he's listed under is an Exhibit 10 minimum, whatever the hell that means. But yeah, basically they had him for summer league. The other dudes that they got were all really through the draft. Most of them were guards. Grant Williams is like a smaller power forward. He's not really like Al Horford, so... Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, rotation works. Mm. Central division, surely the Bucks and only the Bucks. The Pacers are probably the clear second, but yep. then you got a lot of Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit mess. So, do you reckon uh, quick one Bucks or 76ers better team in the East? Um, ooh, it's hard to tell. Tough one, right? Yeah, that's tough. It's it's a really foggy after free agency. Yep. Um, I'll probably just take. The Bucks. I think so too. You got the reigning MVP. Who? Yeah. Let's be honest. Could be better next year, and yeah. probably better again the year after that. Yeah. Last one in the East, the Southeast Division. This is interesting. We got Orlando with the current uh, division champs at forty-two <laughs> and forty. God. And then you got the Hornets and Heat, both won thirty-nine games, followed by Washington and Atlanta. It seems like in the future that could be Atlanta's division, but Ooh. Orlando coming off a playoff berth, they had a fine. Off season, like they brought most of their dudes back. They got uh, Vooch re-signed, mm. Terence Ross as well. So probably side with the Magic there. Yes, uh, don't mind the Heat though. Jimmy Butler's a, a mean man. It's true. Yeah, kind of forget that he was there. Yeah, he's a bad man. But it's just a bit. Again, it's hard to see the fit. I don't mind him and Dragic next to one another, but they lost Richardson, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I really actually don't and know what the Heat roster looks like. At they got Bam still, but they lost Hassan Whiteside too. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough to keep up. I'm like, oh, where's that player again? Such yeah. and such. Oh, no, that's right. He got traded, but oh, no, he re-signed or something. Like, there's a lot of... Like we said a couple of times, like 40% of the league was a free agent this yeah, year. Yeah, that was just hard to follow. That was unreal. Uh, Toronto Raptors, going back to where we were talking about, negative 14 million in the cap, right in the middle of the road. So there's not many teams with cap space at all. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. All right, out west... Start with uh, the favourite division in this household, the Northwest Division. Nuggets, Blazers, Jazz, Thunder, Timberwolves. It almost that was the order as in last year. And if you put the Thunder and Timberwolves in a different spot, I'd almost be happy saying that's how it'll finish again. Yeah, I. It's hard to see what the hard to tell what the Jazz are going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I still think Denver there. I try not to be biased, but I think Denver. I really like Portland. I yeah. Think, those three teams that will easily make the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. It wouldn't surprise me if Utah like did not make a bit of noise, but like were relevant in the regular season. And they seem like a very well coached team that you know doesn't drop a lot of those win like games that you teeter on the edge. So if that happens, they could finish with like a top three seed. Yeah, pull it out. Yeah, I think people have got a bit too excited over their off season. I think I said that during mm-hmm. the week, but um, I. I do think they'll be good. And you're right, they don't lose the games that they should win. Yeah. Um, and I think that's you know, goes a long way to being a great team, like especially in the regular season. Yeah, so. absolutely. Alright, in the Pacific we've got the two LA teams with the Warriors. They're the big heavy hitters. The Kings unfortunately will probably miss out on the playoffs again and the yeah. Phoenix Suns are a few years away from being a few years away, so they have been for a few years. Yeah. Um, which LA team do you think stands a chance of having the better regular season? Because when it comes down to it, if Kawhi Leonard's going to play like similar to what he did in Toronto, like 65, 70 games, and Paul George is maybe going to miss part of the start of the regular season, they might only be like a 50, 48 win team. Yeah, it's, uh, but then again, you know, AD invariably loses 
uh, misses a few games mm. every season. True. He probably misses a good 15, get 10 games. We LeBron is going to probably do that again, especially because he'll be really heavily load managing. Mm. Um, you know, you can see those guys going all all over the shop as well. Yeah. Um, so I I would I'm leaning towards uh, Clippers because mm-hmm. of Doc and Lou Will and. You know, you, you know they got it done without those two guys last year anyway. Um, they still managed to get to, what, 50-odd wins, so... Yeah, 48. 48 wins, basically. It was a bloody good season, so I reckon they'll still putt along, whereas that Lakers uh, backup crew is, yeah, a little bit... Yeah, I tend to agree. I think... Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't rule it out... Like, you've really planted that seed in my head of the Warriors being relevant again, Oh, so yeah, the Warriors. Wouldn't it surprise me if, like... Obviously, they'll want to do a similar thing with Steph Curry and make sure that he's healthy for the right, the pointy end of the year. But yeah, D'Angelo, they're just like right, D'Angelo, like just knock yourself out, go nuts. Yeah, Draymond Green just is Mister Reliable. And yeah. I really, actually, as we've said before, liked the underrated moves they got, like Willie Cauley Stein, Alec Burks, like yeah. good pieces. So yeah, that'll be uh, probably the division to watch, I reckon, because it does come oh, down yeah. to how many games. A lot of those stars play. There's just so much star power in that in that division. Sort of really does show you that the big cities make, makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. There's a bit of star power in the Southwest Division. The last one as well. We got the Rockets and the Spurs. The Grizzlies obviously take a bit of a tumble, but we got the Pels and the Mavericks to watch about. Now. What a but fun division to watch because of Zion and Jam Rand. And on the Dallas side of things, you got Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis as well. Yeah, we'll see how Chris Stapps goes coming back from that. Is that ACL for Chris Stapps? Uh, yes. Yeah, yep. yeah, we'll see how he goes. But yeah, like a fun young division. That's going to Spurs be... made the playoffs as well last year, you know? like Yeah, they, you feel like they just did nothing this offseason. But Deontay Murray's coming back. Yeah, yeah that's, that's going to be super interesting. Derek White's pretty solid, so... Could um, have the Spurs... Pels and maybe Mavericks are fighting for that second spot. The Rockets are the ones to beat in that division, I think. Yeah, very clearly. And you know, and there you go. There's more excitement. That's a great division. I yeah. guess the, it's funny. The Northwest seems the most boring, which is like hard to believe. Now, mate, a year ago. Now, mate, the Central is the uh, the most boring. They got one really good team, and then the rest is kind of just well, uh, uninspiring. Yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, sorry, out west, yeah, which true. is obviously much more star stud. It's incredible how many stars. It's weird, hey? compared to these. <laughs> Jimmy Butler might be the uh, the best player in the Eastern Conference, not named uh, Giannis right now. So. Kevin Durant, I guess. Wow, yeah, that's true. That tells you something. All right, very quickly, last thing before we end this episode, we talked all about the teams and how some players are going to have their uh, games managed so they're healthy for the playoffs. Who's your pick right now for the MVP if you had to go out on a limit pick someone? Because I've been starting to fish through some of the odds and I'm really liking the looks of Nikola Jokic. He's about 20 bucks on most markets. Uh, There's the big heavy hitters at the top, but if you're going to have Kawhi only playing 65 games, that's not going to happen. It's a very realistic chance that Giannis repeats, but who would get uh, your nod at this stage of the season? Uh, I think it'll either be uh, Ant Davis or Steph Curry. Okay. Uh, they're my two picks. I think Ant's probably going to play more regular season games and mm-hmm. could just go crazy in LA and sort of... And if they end up around 50 to 55 wins um, and Ant's sort of done something like 25, 15 and 
five and a couple of blocks. Very possible. <laughs> um, yeah, and he just gets a healthy season together. You feel like he's going to be like super psyched to be in a good team for once. We've never seen Ant Davis on a really good team. That's so. true. He's, and let, let's be honest, his best basketball is probably ahead of him as well. Yeah, Maybe, he's probably yeah. in it at the moment. So, you know, he's right in his MVP prime. And I still think, like, I still think the Warriors will probably have the best record. And I think. Curry will play 70 games and I kind of 30 points. So. kind of want to see that happen. I kind of want Curry to just go nuclear again and just yeah, I've, win a third. Like, that'd I've, be cool. Yeah, I've come around with, on the Warriors, I think, a little bit, like because I respect their greatness and I respect Curry's greatness. So now I just want to see... I always say, like, I want to see the best... I want Michael Jordan to be surpassed yeah. when I got to watch him. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm sort of always rooting for LeBron or Curry or someone to win another chip or another um, MVP because yeah. it just like strengthens their case. So Yeah, it'd be very interesting to watch. Plenty to uh, follow next season. I want to start already. It's still got well, yeah, we're in the middle no, of July. Just... We've got like three months now until the season starts. Yeah, that sucks. It's not that far though. That's true. Three Tom. months. You, see, you know, everyone always whinges about how fast the year's gone. You Although know? it was only one month ago that the finals were being played. So usually it seems like there's other storylines and stuff like still to be sorted out yeah. over these next two months. But you feel like the, we're like about to into the winter. Yeah. That cold NBA winter. It bloody sucks. And then we've got uh, plenty of fantasy football to look forward to. Oh, no, wait. That ends in uh, six weeks as well. I don't know. NFL starting soon? Yeah, about the same time as the NBA. Uh, but it's not Actually, too... yeah, they start after the NBA, don't they? Um, uh, I don't know. I've actually got the website right here, so I'll check when the schedules start. But I'll be ramping up my NFL coverage uh, as the season gets closer. But pre-season doesn't start until like late or other... Pre-season games don't start till like late August. Mm. Oh, there you go. Week one's uh, starts in September, so not too long to go. Right on. Hang in there. Yeah, we'll make it. All right. Thanks for another uh, Sunday sit-down, Jayla. Good luck in round 18 with your fantasy team. And uh, most importantly, good luck uh, for the rest of the Summer League to the Denver Nuggets. They've been flying along nicely. The last day was today. Oh, did they... Were there, were there finals today? Were they still in it or not? Oh, I don't know. They've barely won anything. I yeah. I tried to uh, follow a bit of the Cavs, similar deal, and I was just like, ah. There was just nothing going on this Summer League. No on. intrigue whatsoever. The load management has already started yeah. the Summer League with uh, some of the big names. All right. That's the end of the Sunday sit-down. Thanks for tuning in again. Till next time. Peace. Peace.